Two Geeks, Two Beers podcast. Nerdy obsessions, drunken ramblings with Morgan Jeffrey and Tom Eames. Alienated teens with special powers. A special school for kids just like them. That's right, darling. We're mutants. Teaching them how to save the world. Well, your priorities are shifting, darling. We're training you to be a superhero. You might think that Generation X was just a copy of the X-Men. I think that was a terse and irresponsible judgment, don't you? This pilot was based on a different Marvel comic and was made long before the hit X-Men movie. Unfortunately, the network didn't think anyone wanted to watch a bunch of mopey teens battling supervillains. Good call. Hello, and welcome to Two Geeks, Two Beers, Butt Breath. <laughs> Rude. It's a pop culture podcast hosted by two guys who are neither gifted nor youngsters. I'm Morgan and he's Tom. Hello. Hello. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Can we still, we still just about. Yeah. We're recording this at the... It's coming out in January, this episode, so... Yeah. That's, yeah. It's, it's fine. It's that awkward thing when you go back to work and yeah. people are still saying Happy New Year in emails, yeah. like a good, you know, we went to January like the 9th at this point. Yeah. It's, it's like, like, God, come on. Pack it in. Yeah. Yeah. Been up so much? Uh, a few things here and there. Yeah. 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 Bits and bobs. Got married and that. All oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How was that? Very nice. Yeah. 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 The um, I uh, I saw Tom once before tonight. <clears throat> yeah. Um, post marriage. Mm. Um, and and the first thing I made us do was put our wedding rings yeah, together yeah, yeah. and say our powers combined like like Captain Planet um, <laughs> it was a nice little tender moment yeah the people, clink, clink people, of the... people like that oh they're making that up yeah no, 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 no. I actually, I actually, I'm really afraid to say I actually did that it did happen yeah. it did. but no it was it was great I had a nice uh, month away in America very nice I met Elvis yeah he was great yeah great form tell him how much you love uh, Change of Habit with, with Mary Tyler Moore I didn't get a chance to mention no that. well there's a lot to, a lot was, to ask him it was assumed yeah everyone loves that film. well sure he's like yeah. I've heard it all before <laughs> Yeah. Well, <laughs> how about you? Everything all good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Didn't get married. No. Would have been weird if I had. Yeah. Would have been in Gary Sparrow territory, <laughs> to be fair. Yeah, very bigger me, bigger you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's get on to what we're actually talking welcome about. Welcome back, everyone. Yeah, welcome back. Thanks for joining. <laughs> thanks thanks for sticking with us yeah. this, this 2024. Long. Yeah. It's our 10th year. No, it's next year. Next year. It's our 9th. No, ninth. Well, technically, it's our actually, technically it's our tenth year. Uh, is it? I, thought, I never figured this out. Hang on. You, uh, keep talking. I thought I thought you were struggling with working out what was one less than ten. I thought you were like. What? Technically, it's our tenth year. Oh, okay. Is it? So we started in twenty fifteen. Yeah. So technically, it's our tenth. Right, right, right. Yeah. Ten year anniversary next year. Okay. Which doesn't really make sense because technically it's your eleventh year, but you know, fine. Yeah. Um. But yeah, here we go. Well, I mean, we don't have to like do anything. This nah. We'll we'll worry about that next year. Next yeah. year, we're gonna pull tell out, us pull out all tell the us stops. what you think we should do to celebrate ten good, years. Good shout. What do you think is the best thing? What would you like? What would you like mm. to hear? Would you like it to be a Q and A, a live episode, yeah. or looking back at past episodes? Yeah. Just have a think, because yeah. <laughs> we don't know. Um, Give the people what they want. Yeah. Um, whatever will create the most work for Tom. Yeah. So maybe, maybe you want like a a retrospective of all previous 124 episodes with yeah. with, with the best best of. Yeah. Cl- clips from every single one. You could yeah. just 
throw that together, that'd be. We did a best of for be after fifty episodes. Yeah, what, and that was a slog. What a hassle! And then we were going to do it for the hundredth episode. Like, yeah, I can't do it again. No, should, we, should we just <laughs> can't do it? Yeah, and we weren't going to do all hundred. We were just going to do like like fifty-one to hundred. Yeah, yes. like, far, far, no. far, far too much. Sorry, sorry everyone. Far too much effort. Anyway, so anyway, what are we doing this week? Well, I, I, I would say, I don't know if you agree that the modern age of of superhero adaptations, yeah. arguably, kicked off with. 2000s X-Men. Yeah, you could, you could say Blade. Blade, a couple of years before. Sure, but, but, but X-Men was a different level above. A, di- a, a different league, yeah. yeah. It, it led to the likes of Sam Raimi's Spider-Man trilogy. Yeah. Uh, 2003's Daredevil and Hulk. Yeah. What a year that was for yeah. superhero cinema. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah. And eventually, the dawn of the Marvel Cinematic Universe with 2008's Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Almost 25 years later, we've arguably reached peak superhero. Uh, whether you love it, loathe it, or used to love it, and are now uploading daily videos to YouTube whining about the latest MCU release post-Endgame. Are we in superhero fatigue? That's that's the new phrase. This is it. There's no denying that comic book movies and TV shows are everywhere. But yeah. it wasn't always like this, Tom. The spoiled, overfed comic book fans of today would do well to remember the dark days where every tiny morsel was leapt upon and devoured no matter the quality. Mm-hmm. Everything from 1978's Doctor Strange TV pilot to 1990's director video Captain America movie to the 1998 Nick Fury Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV pilot starring David Hasselhoff. What? Yeah. Was that a thing? That was a thing. Wow, okay. Future episode fodder. Yeah. Potentially. They did a, fu- they did a full pilot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, it's, ab- it's absolutely dreadful. Yeah. Speaking of dreadful, um, <laughs> today we'll be looking back at one such pre-MCU oddity, the 1996 TV movie, Generation X. Just nothing. I'm blank. Red, I have no, no, nothing. The only thing I can think of is Generation X, Generation Strange. Limbiscuit. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's not an entire That's the only thing about. I know. As much are we in Generation X? No, we're not, are we? Is yeah, that we are. Th- are we? No, no, no. We're, millen- we're millennials. We're millennials. What, yeah. Gen- which one was Generation X? Is that even a thing? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, even just made, Yeah. It's it's the generation before us. Before us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. You know how like ten minus one is nine. Yeah. Yeah. One generation before us is. is and what's after us? Gen Z. Gen right? Z. Yeah. There wasn't another one after that. I don't think okay. so. Interesting. I don't Who th- comes up with these and decides? Let's, let's assume that there's not another generation be. between us and Gen Z because that would mean we're really old. Yeah, we are now. Yeah. yeah. That would mean. That would have to mean that, like, we're the kind of guys who've been doing a podcast for ten years. Yeah, with, with and, and little that, to no success. And that, that, that would yeah. that would be really sad. Yeah. Uh, so, coming up, the surprising links between Generation X, the X Men movies, the animated series, and Doctor Who. Oh. What? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> a long-standing X Men myth busted. Okay. And- busted, all right. You know, not 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 oh. no. Sorry, not 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 Charlie Simpson oh, and his sorry. ilk. Yeah, no, it's not, no, I'm 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 myth busting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but in no way that will get us sued by the uh, by the owners of the Mythbusters okay. uh, trademark. Yeah. And no, you didn't dream it. The potty mouthed alternative edit okay. of Generation X. Right. So let's get into it. So. I don't think I'll come into an episode of ours knowing, knowing less, less no. about something. And that's that you come into most episodes knowing little. Because you told me about what you're doing and I saw you tweet about it, obviously, yeah. to get some, you know. Yeah. And I had Not, forgotten yeah. earlier today because I always ask you to send me your notes so I can get it ready. Yeah. You know, yeah. And I'd forgotten what it was. It was yeah. like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. None, still the, wi- nothing. none still, the wiser. Still nothing. None, none the wiser. So here we go. Well, here we go. So Generation X was a television film 
aired on Fox in the United States, okay. uh, running to 87 minutes. It was produced by Marvel Films, the precursor to uh, Marvel Studios, mm-hmm. made for a budget of $4 million, a little less than $8 million in today's money. But not much, not much. No, but I, well, no, that was that was a lot, apparently. Oh, was it? Yeah, the I haven't really any, any like, sense of like, Scope or scale? Yeah, like, what I is, suppose it's so not like it's this not is like, early nineties, is it? Is it ninety six? Ninety six. So lot, lot, but like yeah. the pilot for Lost cost like fourteen million or something. Yeah, well, TV budgets didn't really pick, you know pick up to like Sopranos and no, that kind of stuff. No, but but I think that was quite a lot of money. Yeah. To, to I'm not sure where it went, but that's that's <laughs> quite that's quite a lot of money. Okay. Uh, and it was filmed over twenty four days, so not not a huge amount of time in uh, Vancouver, Canada. Uh, it was based on the Marvel comic book series of the same name, Generation X, a spin-off of the X-Men franchise from writer Scott Lobdell and artist Chris Bacciallo, uh, which had launched in November 1994. So Generation X followed a team of teenage mutants mentored not by the X-Men founder Charles Xavier in New York estate, but by the former X-Man Banshee and reformed villainess Emma Frost at a splinter school in Western Massachusetts. Massachusetts. It's like Sean Connery doing a Bee Gees cover. Yeah. So, <laughs> so this is like a rival X-Men company. So Banshee was like, I've had enough of this. Charles, you're not running it properly. And he's like, I'm going to run a new rival X-Men type thing. I think, I, no, like I think... Pepsi. I, no, it wasn't like the, the, the Pepsi to the X-Men's Coke. I think it was more like they're the X-Men in training. Um, it's like, these are like teenagers. So was it officially affi- affiliated with yeah, 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 yeah. So Charles knew what was happening. Charles, oh, okay. Charles signed off on it. He yeah. rubber, Charles rubber stamped it. He was fine with okay. it. It was like we'll we'll take them to Ma- 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 Massachusetts, yeah, and we'll we'll take them over there and we'll teach them how to be X Men. One day they'll sort of, okay. you know, take up the mat, take up the mantle. Is the gotta idea. Give, gotta give Banshee something to do. Haven't you? Yeah, you gotta do something. Great character, yeah. often, often underused. <laughs> um, early issues of Generation X, in particular, the comic were popular with fans and critics who praised uh, Scott Lobdell's uh, dialogue and authentic characterization of the teen characters and Chris Bacciallo's artwork. So, well-written, great artwork, very popular at the time. It's kind of one of the defining early to mid-90s Marvel comics, I would say. Uh, The TV adaptation aired just 15 months after the comic series debuted. Very popular. Well, I I think that speaks to how popular the comic was. They were like, you know... We we have to make this. We have to make this. Uh, it aired on the 20th of February, 1996. Uh, the film was written by Eric Blakeney, a fan of the comic and best known for a stint as showrunner on 21 Jump Street, where the characters weren't teenagers, but they were pretending to be, I guess. Um, and it was directed by Jack Shoulder, uh, best known for his work in the horror film genre, most notably 1985's A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Uh Blakeney was keen to stick close to the source material, but budget restrictions meant that a direct translation of the comic was impossible. Uh, And two characters who had featured in the comic, Chamber and Husk, were replaced. Uh, In the comic, Chamber's chest and the lower half of his face were destroyed when his powers emerged, with the resulting cavity permanently filled with plasma energy, Uh, while Husk's power allowed her to shed her skin, revealing a new skin of a different composition beneath, such as a metal or stone form. Pretty expensive to to realise on screen. Uh, Blakeney told the LA Times, it was very frustrating for all of us. One mutant we really wanted to include was Chamber, but his visual features were just too expensive to realise. And uh, Chamber was actually my favourite member of Generation X because he was British. Uh, um, and, and, and British, um, and, and, but written by 
an American writer. <laughs> um, so as good as the writing on Generation X was, and it was... Um, it's a bit Don Cheadle. It, yeah, he would say things like, oh, what the ruddy hell's going on over here? It's like, <laughs> I'm not sure anyone has ever actually used no the word, used the word ru- ruddy for years. I don't think anyone's ever actually used nah. it. I think it's an invention of American yeah. writers who go, what's yeah. the kind of thing that a British person <laughs> might might say? But I, li- I like that he was, he, was, he was very cool, he was punk, he was British. So a big loss. Um, but they couldn't include those characters, too expensive. So instead, the film's producers consulted with Generation X comic writer Scott Lobdell uh, to create two new characters, Refrax and Buff. Uh, buff? Buff. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to Buff. Was he Buff? Well, she's Buff. Be buff. She's Buff. Be buff. Yeah. Um, the idea was that if these two new characters, Refrax and Buff, proved popular, they might be retroactively mm. added to the comic series. Like... Um... Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who who originated in Batman yeah. the animated series yeah. and then got introduced into the into the comics. Um I think it's fair to say that Refrax and Buff maybe don't have the same <laughs> level of legacy okay. as, as Harley Quinn. Oh right. Um yeah, it didn't it didn't happen. They they yeah. they did not prove popular enough to to Justice for Refrax. <laughs> justice for Refrax, Justice for Buff. Hashtag Justice for Buff. Um shall we watch the, the trailer for, for Generation Please, X? Yes. Yeah, let's do it. Tonight, Fox presents a world premiere motion picture from the creators of the hit comic book series, The X-Men, comes Generation X. They've got the power. They've got the technology. There's a new generation of superheroes. And they're coming. To save the world. You can't win. Hey, so Get ready for Generation X on the Fox Tuesday night movie. It's so funny, like in a, you know pre budgets or <laughs> pre budgets. Yeah, it's just <laughs> it costs. How, how did that cost four million? Yeah. That's that's eight million in today's it's money. Just, it's just pre CGI being what it became. Yeah, it? and it's just so I mean, hard to not make well, it look lame. You say that, but it was like three. No, when was Jurassic Park? Ninety three. Yeah, three years yeah. after Jurassic Park. Come like, on, come on, if you had the money, you could make it happen. But they had, they had the money. Yeah. So in the film. Rebellious teenager Jubilation Lee, nicknamed Jubilee. Jubilation? Yeah. That's their name? Yeah. Their first name? First name. Okay. First name Jubilation, last name Lee. All right. Nicknamed Jubilee. Nice. Um, that's one where they were like, want a character called Jubilee. What's their real name? Jubilation Lee. Sure. Yeah. Sure. They've done it that way. Uh, she finds herself in trouble after her mutant fireworks powers uh, manifest at a local arcade. So annoying. Si- it is annoying when that happens. Uh, similar to the character's introduction in the first episode of X-Men, the animated series, which debuted in 1992. Uh, check out episode 18 of this podcast for more on that. Uh, she is rescued from her predicament by Emma Frost, uh, the White Queen, and uh, Sean Cassidy, Banshee. Sean Cassidy. Yeah. Are they like one of the... I felt like it was in the Partridge family or something. He was Sean Cassidy. He was someone, wasn't he? He's Banshee from the X-Men. I'm sure he was something else. Hang on. I'm just making this up. Oh, no, yeah, Sean Cassidy. It's spelt, spelt differently. Okay. You know, the A-U-N Sean. Yeah. He was, um. yeah, like a heartthrob back in the... Sean Cassidy, yeah. He was, you know, like in the era of Dave, David Cassidy. Yeah. Is he related to David Cassidy? Is he Cassidy? related? Is he, he related must, to must, David Cassidy? He must be. Well, D- David Cassidy is the... F- yeah, his half-brother is David Cassidy. Wow. That, well, well, I was going to say it's like a... So David Cassidy is the father of Katie Cassidy, right. who played like Black Canary in the Arrow-verse. There's see, another... see, it's all these links. Well, ex- in... except that Sean Cassidy is not in any way linked. He just has the same name as Banshee <laughs> from the X-Men. Not even spelled the same. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, sorry about that. So, no, it's fine. Jubilee is, is rescued, rescued from her predicament by Emma Frost... 
and Sean Cassidy, but not not the one from. Just not sorry. not not. It's not, like if you're like uh, Shvesky from a predicament by Emma Frost and uh, Donny Osmond. Yeah, and, uh, the head, you know. that would be great. Yeah. Um, I'd watch it. They they are the headmasters of Xavier's school for gifted youngsters. Uh, they recruit Jubilee and offer her sanctuary at the school, a place where mutants learn to control their powers. Uh, the trio then pick up teenager Angelo Espinosa, also known as Skin, uh, and proceed to the school, where Jubilee and Skin are introduced to their fellow students, M. Mondo, Buff, and Refrax. I'm just imagining skin from Skunk and Ancy now. It's, uh... <laughs> I, it's not, 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 not quite. So I should give some context. To okay. I, like, I just wanted to get this clip in here because it's, right. it's one of my favourite moments from the film. So basically, Jubilee and Skin have rocked up at the school. The other students are like, oh, who are you? You know, kind of sizing them up, sizing them up a little bit. And Mondo is like, right, let's play, let's play some, some football because they're American. So it's like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll judge you how much of a man you are by how well you, you can play football. Um, so that's, that's the setup for this scene. So they're all playing football, American football, and, uh, and Emma Frost and Sean Cassidy happen, happen, happen upon them. Okay. Okay. They should have gone through orientation and then been formally introduced. They should lighten up a wee bit, um. But over six and mine, which is certainly our title. Is he trying to do? Irish. Uh, and she's British. She is actually British. Oh. So Skin's got the ball. Mondo's now got the ball. Oh, what's going on? Oh, he's got Skin's arm and it's gone really long and stretchy. But is Skin's arm meant to go stretchy? Yeah, but it hurts him when it does it. Oh, right. It's a shit power. What's he doing? He's got his sonic screen. There's just you sort of you talked over it a little bit, but it's one of my favourite bits where they're all piling on each other, yeah. sort of scrapping. And Banshee sort of marches towards them, and he goes, "All right, you heathens, break it up, break it up, break it up, you heathens!" Great. Wow. Um, it's it's I guess it's that era of Saved by the Bell and Hang Time and all these sort of high will, school. Oh, okay, you know we will come back to. All it. right. Weirdly, we will come back to it. Of course we will. So at the school. Uh, the students are taught not only to cope with their mutant powers, but also uh, how to cope with a world that hates and fears them. Mm. That, that classic X-Men setup. The students are warned not to leave the school grounds lest they come into conflict with the townies from the local area. <laughs> the townies? The townies from the local area, yeah. Hey, Kayla, how you doing? This guy bothering you? Why don't you leave us alone, Lance, okay? Of course, he's called Lance, of course. Lance. Xavier. Oh, juvie school. <laughs> Come on, Kayla, you're going to get a rip hanging around with this. Loser. <laughs> Loser. Okay, okay, it's not a juvie school. It's for special kids. Wow. <laughs> for retard. Whoa! <laughs> Look at that, man. Now, you see, homeboy finally scored Susie sorority, and the townies are getting ready to smoke him. Oh, I'm really ready to transfer some man. Mondo's picked up a rock. He's absorbed the power of the rock, so now he's like rock, basically. Oh, he's like rock. Yeah. Retard. <laughs> <laughs> Said it again. Be the problem, Muffin Man. Oh, Muffin look. Man. More special kids from Juvie School. Welcome to Hastings, butt breath. <laughs> 
<laughs> tried punching him and now he's yeah, he's no, rot, he's, so. yeah. Well, that's enough of that. You get, you get, you get, you, you get, you get well, the idea. You forget that words like that were just sort of just said in normal yeah. vernacular back then. I mean, so. that guy is meant to be a dick. I know, Lance. but still, the, the idea that they wrote that in and kept that they kept just, it in, yeah, yeah. But I mean, m- more uh, the things that jump out of me. Are more muffin man. Muffin man. What's that? He's like tough, tough talk. What well, seems to be the problem, muffin man? And then he goes, "Do you know the muffin man?" <laughs> yeah. But then he's like, Ooh. "Welcome to Hastings, butt breath, butt breath, and muffin man." These are the kind butt of breath. insults. Oh my god! No, no. But you can't say butt breath in one minute and then. No, it's like one. One, one level. One is an actual kind of. Yeah. yeah it's like, all right. All right. Come yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you've gone too far, Lance. You have got. You've gone. You've gone too far. This is always like insults. It's my problem with the, the film Eight Mile. Right. Where it's so, it's so. Never seen it. Never seen. It. Never seen no, Eight Mile. Never seen it. But you know the the premise yeah. is that Eminem is kind of rap battling all these dudes, and like he goes up on stage and he's like, oh man, oh got to really like psych myself up for this rap battle, and then they go up on stage and they're like, yo, you you suck, rabbit, you suck, you you're bad at rapping, yeah, you suck, and then he like walks off stage and he's like. Ah, uh, oh, like it's causing him physical pain. He's like, oh, I lost the rap battle. He called me and rabbit. it's like, it's literally like they went on stage and called you lame. And, so, and he's like, oh no. And it's like, it, they try to, it's like, it's Rocky with rapping. It's like, it's not though, because if Rocky gets hit, he actually yeah. like suffers physical pain. Whereas this whole thing is like, oh, he said I was, he said I was lame and bad at rapping. Well, I'm, I'm literally going to like collapse <laughs> inside physically. I'm, I'm, yeah. To be clear, his name is actually Rabbit. That's oh, like okay. an insult. I thought it was like a weird insult. No, he's like, you, you little rabbit. Yeah. Yeah, no. Anyway, anyway, so in addition to coping with their new abilities, uh, Jubilee and Skin find their dreams haunted by Russell Tresh, played by Matt Frewer. Oh, uh, um... Max, Max Hedroom. Max Hedroom, yeah. yeah. A mad scientist obsessed with the power of dreams. Um, Tresh believes that material extracted from mutants' brains will allow him to develop his own psychic abilities, like he can sort of plant it in his brain and get superpowers. Uh, skin succumbs to Tresh's... Every time I say skin now, I'm thinking of skin. Yeah. Skunk and Nancy. Yeah, so yeah, thank, yeah. Thanks for that. Uh, I mean, not that it's a bad thing. No, it's no. just like weird to imagine <laughs> them in this film. Um, skin succumbs to Tresh's power and Generation X assembles to rescue him and defeat Tresh. The film ends with the team's new uniforms being unveiled, hinting at more adventures to come. Something tells me those adventures didn't come. They did not come. Uh, No. I want full enlightenment. Dr. D's gone corporate. Can you dance? Cap him with a necro buyout. Bam. (laughs) A causal defenestration, chica. Transparent. Call it. Zap. Oh, chemical marriage? I got Francis Bacon. Zap! Ooh! (laughs) Why is there like dramatic lighting and smoke behind her? Unclear. This is the White Ranger. (laughs) Well, kids. What do you think of your new uniforms? They're, they're shit, don't they? What do you think of your new uniforms? Ha 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 Bloody hell. Is he actually Irish, that guy? No, he's Canadian. Ah. Yeah. Why did they make him Irish? Because well, Banshee is Irish. Get an Irish guy. Well, yeah, that's the question. Yeah. Not, not why did they make him Irish? Yeah. Why did you not hire an Irish yeah. actor? Yeah. <laughs> they always have to be lucky charms. That's what he sounds like. <laughs> ah. So, 
Let's get into the cast. Yeah. So playing telepathic Emma Frost, a.k.a. the White Queen, the school's frosty headmistress, uh, she was played by British actress Fanola Hughes. Uh, a natural brunette, Hughes wore a blonde wig for the role and told Wizard magazine that as a size 34B, she struggled to stay true to her comic counterpart's cleavage. Mm. Say, say that three times fast. Comic counterpart's cleavage. Also, Wizard magazine? Yeah, it was um like a like a magazine about comics. Okay. Great magazine. Well, just wizardry and magic. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Before its time. Yeah. Uh, Hughes is best known for her role as Anna Devane on the ABC soap opera's General Hospital and All My Children uh, and her portrayal of Laura in the 1983 film Staying Alive, the sequel to Saturday Night Fever. Nice. Uh, she also played Patty Halliwell, mother of the Charmed Ones on the TV series Charmed, and later took on another comic book role, providing the voice of Lara, Superman's biological mother in Superman, the animated series. Bit of a geek queen. Yeah, geek queen, Fanola Hughes. Um, Sandra O. Oh, also auditioned for the part. Wow. A pre a pre-fame, a pre-Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Sandra O. Oh. So there you go. So Jeremy Ratchford plays Sean Cassidy, or Banshee, an Irish mutant who can produce a sonic scream and runs the Xavier's school for gifted youngsters with Emma Frost. Uh Ratchford, who was who was Canadian. Bless him. Uh, he's best known for his role of Nick Vera in the TV series Cold Case and played vampire Lyle Gorch in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer episodes Bad Eggs and Homecoming. Now, this is interesting. This this I found out preparing for this episode. Mm. I'm about to upset the whole <clears throat> basis of what the internet is, ba- is built on. Not really, but oh. there's a well-established... Gonna break uh, the internet. Yeah, I'm going to break the internet. That's another way of saying what I just said, yeah. <laughs> um, there's, there's, there's a well-established uh, fact, in inverted commas, related to this movie um, and X-Men the Animated Series. It's a myth, Tom. It's a myth. So, Ratchford is widely credited as having also voiced Banshee in X-Men the Animated Series. Now, this rung false to me for a few reasons, is that (laughs) beginning in, that show began in 1994, so two years prior Mm. to Generation X being made and broadcast. I've read interviews with the director of Generation X where he talks about Jeremy Ratchford just submitting an audition tape and getting cast on that basis. So what, he was like voicing the character and then separately submitted an audition tape and they were like, this guy's good. Of course he's good. He's been doing it on the animated show. What, they didn't know? I found an interview with Jeremy Ratchford where he says he did not voice Banshee in X-Men animated series. Some other guy. Poor guy. But the point is, that is out there on the internet. But like you look on IMDb, Can't trust you, you look on Wikipedia, yeah. everywhere you look on the internet, it says Jeremy Ratchford also voiced IMD in the animated based. series. It's the ultimate IMD baitable. He did not. So I'm putting, I'm putting it out there. Don't know why. Exclusive. It's a fact. It's not exclusive. It's not exclusive because I, I took it from another interview. Yeah, but the, but, the point is, if you haven't heard it before, it's exclusive. Yeah. If you haven't heard it, it's new if to you. you're like well up for Generation X. Yeah then this is fucking mental news. This is crazy news. Or yeah. X-Men, the animated series fan, yeah. Jeremy Rashford did not voice, did not voice Banshee. Didn't think he sounded the same. But uh, he did apparently come close to being cast as the voice of Wolverine in X-Men, the animated series. So he he did have some, yeah. bizarrely, some association with it. Uh, he eventually lost out to Cal Dodd. Uh, Heather McComb she played Jubilee Uh, her casting was controversial as in the comic books Jubilee is Asian American Uh, director Jack Shoulder later insisted that the script did not mention the character's Asian ethnicity nor is it mentioned in the casting breakdown that went out to agents but I mean just pick up pick up a comic mate it's like 
Oh, I didn't know. I like, oh, it's not that hard to find out. Um, Macomb is best known for recurring roles on shows including Party of Five and the NBC crime drama Profiler. And from 2003 to 2010, was married to Dawson's Creek actor James Vanderbeek. Uh, tough to say which contains the most iconic depiction of teenage struggles, Dawson's Creek or, or Generation X, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll leave that to, to our listeners to, to mull over. Um, Mondo. He's a hot-headed student who often gets into fights. Uh, he has the ability to take on the properties of any organic or inorganic matter he touches. Consequently, he does not like jello. Uh, steers clear of it. When you say touch, does it mean eating? I, yeah, that's a good point. No, I think he has to like. I think he has to like choose to do. And his it. his hands. Yeah, his hands. So his feet are fine. Well, I think he has to like choose to. Do, yeah, yeah, because that's a good point. Like, what if he's like wearing shoes? So is does, his, it, does his brain have to go? Is go right now? Yeah. What if he's like wearing like shoes and then he like turns yeah. into like suede? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I don't, how would how would that be? Like it's a bit a bit furry and. But it's not like it's not like the matter and it's. I guess he can like he can like direct where it. Well, where if he it, touches water, maybe turn into wa- water. But does he turn into it? Is he just the? Well, in the comics, he like turns into it. A shit power, really. Here, you know, apparently a, a low budget of four million dollars, he just sort of like becomes the consistency. Of rock or water or jello. Uh, the like a- hindrance, then, eh? Yeah, well. Uh, the athletic Mondo uh, presented here was a far cry from the comic original where he is presented as a stocky Samoan. Uh, the role was played, and as I was preparing for this episode, I was like, Tom's going to have fun with this. The role was played by Bumper Robinson. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, Tom will enjoy that. Um, Bumper. Bumper Robinson. Um, no, nothing? Well, wow. You're... you're, you're you kicked off about Jubilation Lee, which is a fictional character's name. This man's name is actually Bumper. Bumper is it, is it his actual name? Well, no, he's, he's called Larry Larry Robinson, okay. but his nickname is Bumper. I wonder I'm, why. I wonder what happened. I, I'm, not sure, him... I'm not sure why. What happened? What was his origin story? He just loved um, those those rides at the fair. What, bumper cars. Yeah, yeah. He just yeah. Loved it. Do they call? Do Americans call them bumper cars? I don't know. Or do they call them something? What's the Dodgems? Dodge. Yeah. Dodgem yeah. is definitely like the British. Yeah. It yeah. must be like they're like. Bump. Maybe he. Did. No, they do. They do. Do you, do you know why I know? Because in X Men the animated series, yeah. Juggernaut is like throwing Charles around, and he says, <laughs> "Throwing Charles around." Yeah, and he says, "This is more fun than bumper cars." There you go. So there you maybe, go. That's how maybe I know. Larry just just yeah, just so good at bumper cars. He just is. Or maybe he just loved that scene from X Men yeah, the animated just, series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe the connections are. Just and actually, if you think about it, what's the British one? Dodgems. Of course, we're yeah. going to call him. Hey, hey, get on your get in the dodgems. Get in the dodgems. Like, what well, you mean the you mean the bumper cars, right? <laughs> The bumper cars. <laughs> right. Right? You mean the bumper cars? No, I mean the dodgems. 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 Um, bum, bumper Robinson. Bumper Robinson. Uh, <laughs> Dodgem Robinson. Uh, he had also appeared in Sabrina the Teenage Witch, uh, Cosby Show, spin off A Different World, and the US sitcom Guys Like Us. Um, he is also a prominent voice actor with roles in series including Transformers Animated, playing Bumblebee and other characters, and another Marvel connection. Uh, he voices War Machine or voiced War Machine in The Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, and played Falcon in Avengers Assemble, the animated series. So he's got a few more, a few more links to Marvel there. Uh, another team member of Generation X, Monet or M, played by Amaryllis. Just the one name, like uh, Zendaya or Seal. Um, <laughs> is this the way to Amaryllis? <laughs> so the character M is super intelligent, has enhanced physical abilities, and level eight invulnerability. I feel like invulnerability doesn't really have levels. You're either invulnerable or you're not. Um, Is there a level nine? 
Yeah, it's like how much more invulnerable can you be or, or less? You're kind of either invulnerable or you're yeah. not. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if you pull hair, that still hurts. But, yeah. 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 Don't know. I don't know. Well, Amaryllis, um, <laughs> Amaryllis was was previously a series regular on the first season of Sweet Valley oh. High. Sweet Valley, Sweet Valley High. Got to do an episode on that one day. Best theme tune of all time. Well, we need, and also we need to get to the bottom of how can how can they how can there be two different girls who look yeah. the same at Sweet yeah. Valley High? How Tom? I know it must be a, it must be another look mutant down mutant thing. Crowded hall. You see, there's a beauty standing. Is she really everywhere or a reflection? I know it's like that was good. I'm impressed you know that much. The other shy and quiet. Could there be two different girls who look the same and sweet? Like, like, I love. Could, could they be two different I, girls? I, I, I yes, love, they're just they're twins. <laughs> they're twins, identical twins. The the person who wrote that the whole premise of Sweet Valley High yeah. is hinged on the idea that the notion of identical twins is like bizarre and alien to whoever wrote that theme song. Yeah. Like, what? What? This, what? They look the same, but they have different personalities. What are you talking about? What? This is crazy. Yeah. This is crazy. I, to I, me. I stand by. How can? How can <laughs> there be two different girls who look the same at Sweet Valley High? How? I stand by. Yeah. The full length version of yeah. the theme tune. So yeah. It is one of the best. It's great songs of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely one of the best songs in the nineties. One of the best songs of it's, all time. It's so good. Yeah. Like grunge pop at its best. Yeah. It's so like I'm annoyed. Why was it never released as a single? Yeah. Really good. I, I yeah. listen to it now. Yeah. It's a great song. And it poses an important question. Yeah. What? What? How can? How can there be two different girls, girls who look the same yeah. at Sweet Valley High? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Amaryllis appeared in the first season. She played the uh, the character Patty Gilbert. Uh, her final acting credit to date was in a 1998 episode of Guys Like Us, reuniting her with Generation Whoa. X co-star Bumper, Bumper Robinson. Robinson. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Augustin Rodriguez, he played uh, Angelo Espinosa, or Skin, uh, who has skin that can stretch in a variety of different ways, including the ability to wrap himself around objects. Who's so like a shit Stretch Armstrong, because yeah. it happens, but it hurts him. Yeah. Whereas Stretch doesn't care, he's just like, you can stretch me as much as you like if you want. Stretch don't care. Yeah, Fetch is fine as well. Fe- fetch fetch yeah. is fine. But... Yeah. Skin. Yeah. Ow. Yeah. Rubbish. It's not great, is no. it? No. <laughs> you don't you don't want like every time Iron Man was in his suit go, ah, it yeah. really hurts. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, I yeah, I do have all these powers, but it's pretty uncomfortable in here if I'm honest. Like <laughs> And I'm sure it was. Yeah, well. You look yeah. at Iron Man sometimes and he's doing all that stuff, it's like, I oh, can't be good. You know, when you put a pair of trousers on, which is too, you know, yeah. The, the material's not great and, and, and the waist is a bit whatever. Yeah. Imagine being an Iron Man suit. Can't be comfy. No. Nah. Cannot be comfy. Uh, Suzanne Davis played Arlie Hicks, or Buff, uh, whose mutation increased her muscle mass and strength. Uh, in one scene, we glimpse M- Buff's muscled back. Um, I almost said Muff's muscled back. <laughs> Buff's muscled back. Um, which saw the Ms. Western Canada bodybuilding champion double for Davis yeah. uh, Davis was otherwise best known for her role as a series regular in the second season of US teen sitcom Malibu CA part of the Peter Engel verse which featured cast crossovers with Hang Time yes. and City Guys so there you go I can, Hang I, Time yeah together. another great 90s theme Good, yeah. why was it not released as a single Again, hang, why, was hang, not? why was it not why not yeah. back then everything was released as a single I'm annoyed that both of those didn't get how so was um was the theme tune to Say by the Bell released as a single. I think it was. Should again, have been. Again. Mate, California Dreams. Yeah. That. Feeling groovy. Oh, so good. Surf dudes with attitude. So good. Kind of groovy. Lay back to sky above. Great. I think we should ask or put Good vibrations. There's got to be a... Feeling a, mellow. A, a vinyl album. Yeah. Of just 90s American... Theme tunes. 
just kids, technical kids shows. Yeah. You know, just sort of those, yeah. you know, well, Heartbreak High was Australian, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It's that, that kind of thing. Yeah, well, that was an instrumental, but a great, yeah. A great, yeah. 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 Uh, Rand <laughs> Randall Slavin, he played Kurt Pistorius. Pistorius! Pistorius. <laughs> or Refrax. Uh, his eyes emit radiation, giving him X-ray vision and heat beams. He wears hurt him as well? Does it hurt every time? He no, he, no, he's all right. He's all right. Um, he wears special glasses to control his powers. Is that Cyclops? Yeah, where did they, they get the idea for that? Yeah, Cyclops. He's Cyclops. Can they think of anything else? Apparently not. I thought Cyclops was like, dude, I've yeah. already been doing this for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's basically, he's basically Cyclops. Refrax is a practical joker oh, yeah. who has a crush on Buff and is best friends with Mondo. Uh, Slavin described the character as an all-round frat skate punk lustful oh, guy. Is this the guy with the blonde hair? And yeah, yeah, yeah. He looked like a shit Billy Idol. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Or like he should be like one of Blink-182. Again, it's that thing you can tell they created it for the show. It's that kind of... Uh, Very 1996. Um, from The Simpsons. Yeah. It's that sort of thing where they're just yeah. trying to be cool. Like, what do the kids like? <laughs> that guy. Refrax died on the way back to his home planet. Um... <laughs> Slavin went on to have roles in episodes of Diagnosis Murder, Angel, and CSI, uh, but eventually moved away from acting and is now a photographer specializing in celebrities and fashion. Huh. He's doing pretty well for himself, I have yeah. to say. His work has appeared in Vanity Fair, GQ, Esquire, Rolling Stone, and many others. Check out his Instagram, Randall Slavin. He's got photos of Claire Danes, Kevin Hart, John Hamm, Ethan Hawke, Michael Keaton, Jeremy Renner, like proper people. Good. He's, like a, he's like a photographer to the stars now. Good. Doing really well for himself. Yeah. Well done, Randall. Yeah. Uh, finally, Matt Frewer plays Dr. Russell Tresh, an unethical scientist and researcher who is investigating psychic powers. Uh, Tresh's backstory is that he worked on a project with Emma Frost who got him fired for his unethical behavior. Following this, he put his talents towards the advertising industry where he uses the money to build a machine to access the dream dimension. What? Don't worry about it. Okay. Um, Frewer, as you've indicated, yeah, best known for playing Max Headroom. Yeah. In this, he's very much giving like Jim Carrey and Batman Forever vibes. There's a lot of kind of like, oh, I'm going to take you to the dream dimension. There's a lot of kind of that kind of thing going on. Um, Eric Blakeney, who was the writer-producer on Generation X, uh, he was delighted to get Frewer for the role of Tresh, having worked with the actor on Max Headroom. Blakeney was a writer-producer on, on that show. So. I, I feel like there's a parallel dimension where Matt Frewer is up there with Jim Carrey or yeah. he got all the roles Jim Carrey Yeah, got. yeah, yeah. He's so good. I yeah. feel like he should have done more stuff. Yeah. He's like... <laughs> Is he good in this? Is anyone good in this? <laughs> the thing is, right, he's not good in it, but also, like, it's far more memorable for his performance. Right. So I guess that's good. He adds a level of gravitas. I would No. No? No, I wouldn't call it gravitas, but it's... it's he adds... He adds something. I don't know how you would qualify it, but it's yeah, definitely something. He's in it. Yeah, but no, but that's the thing. He's more than just in it. Yeah. Most people who are in this are just in it. Yeah. He, he is, like, giving something. He's, he's it, trying. He's, he is putting in a lot of effort okay. and it's like is it is it working in quite the way we'd want it to maybe not but you cannot fault him for effort okay. he is giving everything Matt Frewer in this uh, reflecting on the film's casting in a 2015 interview director Jack Shoulder said a lot of the cast were kind of the best we could come up with uh, I think we did very well on some of the characters not so good on some of the other characters I think the guy who plays Skin is kind of weak <laughs> he didn't hold back alright Jack wow. yeah shoulder barge I thought um, he was alright in those clips. He seems okay. Yeah, he's as fine. good as anyone else. He's fine. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. Fact smash. Smash. We're gonna smash. smash. We're gonna smash those facts. We're gonna smash. We're gonna smash those facts. Fact smash. We've got to come up with a fucking jingle. I've got to actually put some money together. We've got we've got about six great ones now. Four facts get smashed. Fact smash. Come on, come on. 
Yeah. Brought to you in association with, any, with Smashing If facts. anyone wants to make us, make us a Fact Smash jingle, yes. please do. Yes, send we, us. We will play literally anything. If you want to do any kind of yeah. like little little package, yeah. we'll, we'll play it. Any, any, we we love any little package. Yeah. We do. Uh, fact Smash. Uh, the mansion used in the Generation X film to represent the Xavier Institute is Hatley Castle, which is also used as Xavier's school in X Men Two. X-Men The Last Stand, oh. X-Men Days of Future Past, Deadpool, X-Men Apocalypse, and Deadpool 2. So, yeah, well, up until a few years ago, yeah. So it was the first time it was used? Yeah, first time. They were like, do you know what? Looks like a, looks like somewhere you, where you have some... X was just was shit, but they had a good castle. Yeah, great, ca- great castle. Yeah. Great cast? No, castle. 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 <laughs> um... Hatley Castle also served as the Luthor family man- mansion. <laughs> Luthor. It also served as the Luthor family mansion <laughs> on the television series Smallville. Yeah. And as the Queen family mansion in early seasons of the television series Arrow. Is this the only mansion in British Columbia? Yeah. Is what's happening where they're like, it's only one mansion. I guess it's got to be that one. Uh, yeah. yeah. Hatley Castle. Right. Raking it in. Yeah. Uh, Another fact smash. Uh, Tresh's Dream Machine helmet was reused later that same year, 1996, by the same production crew in the 1996 Doctor Who TV movie starring Paul McGann. So there's a bit where like... The, helmet? Yeah, there's a bit where like... So basically, Tresh has got like a dream machine. Yeah. And they used it in the Doctor Who TV movie when the master is like torturing the eighth doctor and he's like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal your your lives, doctor. And yeah, he's, he's Paul McGann. I suppose it was an American production, wasn't it? So they... Fox. It's in the same... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Filmed in Vancouver. They just, they just found it. Filmed in, Van- filmed in Vancouver like this. Oh. Fox, same production crew. So they were like, got this prop line about. Let's, let's use it. Nice. In the great Do- Doctor Who tradition. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, this is my favourite fact smash of the day. Uh, the UK video release of Generation X contains Jubilee spouting off a few swears, which were not in the version that aired on US television, which was, you know, went out like primetime yeah. broadcast. But part of the reason, other than the fact that we were like starved of content, um, part of the reason like me and my, my my friends loved Generation X at the time was because there was swearing in it. So we obviously thought that was super cool. Uh, there's one sequence where Jubilee is talking to Skin uh, about uh, a dream she's had where Russell Treshlight invaded her dreams. And she says, and I quote, I technically shit my fucking pants. <laughs> and we were like, she swore twice. That's pretty cool. I te- what do you mean I technically shit my fucking pants? I technically shit my fucking pants. What do you mean technically? I think I that's what she said. I I think she's talking about like 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 technology rather than like oh. I, I I I theoretically shit my fucking pants. I right. think that's what she's talking about. But she didn't actually shit her. No. No. I think there's some I think there might even be from memory, I think there might be like a reference to he says like technically something, and then she says, I technically shit my fucking pants. Wow, okay. Yeah. But so that was the only time they swore. Uh, I think there's like maybe a couple of others wow. dotted dotted throughout. But like, I love that elsewhere they're like, "Hey, muffin man, hey, butt breath," and then suddenly she goes so like like PG thirteen swears, and then suddenly <laughs> she's like, "I technically shit my fucking pants." They just like suddenly like, "What the fuck? Did, where, where did that come from?" It's so like again, it's so it's so again, it's so like extreme. Yeah. Where like where like he's using like a slur, right, Jubilee? Yeah, and it's like yeah, she just suddenly goes, "I technically shit my fucking pot, pants." Potty mouth. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, The Generation X film was planned by Fox to air during Sweeps. Now, Sweeps, if you you don't know, I had to to look this up. Um, Sweeps are what advertisers and stations in the US used to determine, this is so dry, but stick with me, used to determine local ad rates, giving stations a huge incentive to get those ratings as high as possible using any means necessary by any means. So basically it's like someone checks in and goes, oh, how high are your ratings? And you go, well, f- well fucking high. And then they go, right, well, we're going to give you this much money to advertise on your station. So they just, like, game it 
so that at that point, when it's measured, their ratings are super high. So often like big event episodes of US TV shows will air during sweeps so they'll like kill off a character or have like right. a, a big crossover or something like that. So, so that it's more... a bit of a risk to put something brand new in it then, surely. So this Not is guaranteed. Well, they expected Generation X to do well. They were like... Can't be so presumptuous, lads. No, don't be presumptuous. Yeah. Don't be presumptuous. <laughs> um, but they, 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 they were backing it. They thought it'd do well. Um, and though director Jack Shoulder later insisted that it was a, a one-off thing uh, a TV movie so not not planned as a pilot Eric Blakeney who was the the writer producer he hoped it would lead to further Generation X TV movies or even a full series X-Men co-creator Stan Lee even said if this thing doesn't create demand I'll eat my hat so he had his hat yeah he had his hat he's like oh this hat is really really chewy <laughs> yeah I can't eat the whole fedora um the, the one contemporary review that I could track down from Variety is actually pretty generous. It says, Director Jack Shoulder and scripter Eric Blakeney have succeeded in creating a well-planned telefilm, which taps every nuance that made this a top-selling comic series. VidPick also provides plenty of special effects and feats of daring do to keep even the most disenfranchised slacker tuned in. Uh, but later reviews have been more harsh. Generation X has a 4.4 out of 10 on IMDb and a 25 percent audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, what are your thoughts having having only glimpsed moments <sighs> mom, moments from them? You haven't you haven't I mean, you haven't ex- absorbed the whole thing. You haven't experienced the whole thing. It's not exactly making me desperate to see it, but I, I, I like knowing it because I'm just fascinated by this era yeah. of um, you know. Uh, Feels like sort of no one was held to account a little. Yeah, bit, yeah. just this weird era a- of the nineties where anything had to sort of pass a, a, like a, like a quality threshold. After this, it feels like post post X Men things had to sort of pass a, a certain quality. Yeah, threshold. and just yeah, and just it was the Wild West. The, again, the budgets weren't quite there. No, um, choosing weird things to make as well. We're back in the days where not much has happened yet yeah. in the superhero. Yeah, 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 you could have done anything. Um, yeah. I, yeah, just and I, yeah, just that night. I, I like the nineties you know. Yeah. Again, the hang time, say by the bell. Yeah. Sweet Valley High Team vibes. Um, yeah. Mixed with a bit of Lois and Clark and yeah, you know, all that, that kind of nineties vibe. Yeah. Um, I bet it's not as bad as everyone says it was. I bet if you watched it now, it's it's okay. It's this is the thing, right? It's got a reputation yeah. for being like dreadful. Because those clips were like, it's all right. Yeah, it's got a reputation for being dreadful. I have a real soft spot for it I definitely think it's not without merit um, and like kind of objectively it's not great yeah. it's not great but also again you have to remember it's a pre-MCU age we didn't have big budget glossy comic book movies coming out every three months or at all um, I loved X-Men at the time probably my favourite Marvel property probably still is I loved the Generation X comic books this was the first ever live action X-Men adaptation so you kind of were like just like well, this is this is great. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Um, and because of that, I'll always have a, a certain fondness for it, even though it's not great. It's not. It's not terrible, but it's not. It's not. It's not great either. So I did the best. Let it, you know, help pave the way. There you go. Rex men and everything else. Would you have had it found the castle? Would you? Yeah. If, if nothing else. If nothing else. It found the castle. It, it did that. Yeah. <laughs> So Generation X was released on VHS, but I don't believe it ever got a DVD or Blu-ray release. And Funny it's that. Also not available to stream. Was. But um, just just Google it and you'll you'll find it. Was it ever uh, aired again? I don't I don't think so. No. I like don't air it again. Definitely not during sweeps. <laughs> not the sweeps. Sweeps. So yeah, that's it. 
for more Marvel retrospectives and other outings covering off classic films, TV shows, and video games, head to twogeeks2beers.com where we have episodes on X-Men the Animated Series, Spider-Man the Animated Series, Sam Raimi Spider-Man, and the Incredible Hulk live-action series with Bill Bixby. <laughs> Bill, 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 Bill Bixby. Bixby. Bill Bixby. Fighting, fighting, fighting robbers with Bill Bixby. Uh, you can also follow us on all the socials, Two Geeks Cast, uh, on Facebook, Instagram, Threads, and X. Uh, also on YouTube and TikTok, we'll find clips from episodes old and new, as well as uh, full-length episodes. Um, and please also rate and review the podcast via a podcast outlet of choice, where you can also subscribe. You can also become a Two Geeks supporter on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Two Geeks Cast, where you can sponsor the podcast. And in return, you can get exclusive Patreon only minisodes, outtakes, personalized thank you videos, merch, and much more. Just like John Taggart, yes. uh, our latest Patreon. Thanks. Thanks a lot, John. Yeah, thank you, John. Really appreciate it. Uh, all the support that you and all our other patrons give us is what allows us to continue doing what we love, which is making this podcast. Cheers, John. <laughs> and right now, the latest one that we uploaded was a little mini-sode about um, Jason the Wheeled Warriors. You yeah. You know that one? Yeah. Head over there and you can hear us talking nonsense about that. A little exclusive, exclusive mini-sode yeah. for John Taggart. Yeah. And all the rest Everyone of you. <laughs> all the rest of you. <laughs> Thank you, John. Uh, you can also email us, podcast at twogeeks2beers.com with any thoughts, feedback, and suggestions for future episodes. But that's all for now. Thanks for joining us. See you soon. Until then, sweet dreams, and try not to shit your fucking pants. <laughs> I'll try. i try my best. So, uh, alongside the sweary UK VHS edit of Generation X, yeah. there also seems to be other alternative cuts out there. Yeah. Not, not entirely sure why. Um, see if you can spot the difference between this and a scene we watched earlier. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what seems to be the problem, Muffin Man? Oh, look. More special kids from juvie school. Welcome to Hastings, pube head. <laughs> pube head. So... In the earlier clip, butt breath. Yeah. Here. Pube head. Pube head. Now, one of those was considered worse yeah. than the other. And they were like, well, we can't air pube head. Pube head at not, at like, at yeah. like pre-watershed. Which, which, which is worse? Which would you like less like what to What was the called? other one? Butt breath. Butt breath. Or pube, pube head. head. Pube head. I, like, it's like one of those was considered so bad. They had to, pube they, is worse. They had to sh two? shoot an alternative version. Yeah. So they're like... Not, not pube head. Pube head. We better reshoot it so he says butt breath. I love the idea that they had to go back the next day and do the whole thing again. Yeah. Pube head. No way. Get butt breath in there. Muffin man? Muffin man can stay. <laughs>